Hello and uh, welcome to Food Safety University. On this week's episode of the podcast, I'm interviewing one of my favorite clients, Karen Talley of Hatch Richmond, and she's going to talk all about how we work together, what Food Safety University has brought her, and then what advice she has from other folks, uh, for other folks considering uh, joining and getting into this wonderful wild world of food manufacturing. Welcome to Food Safety University. I'm Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele, and this is the one podcast where you can get everything you need to know about food safety and how to run a food manufacturing plant for all of those small and local food manufacturers. If you are into local and sustainable food and agriculture, this is the podcast for you. Every week we cover new and original ideas around how to get the most out of your HACCP planning and how to get your plant up and running and continue running in a way that fulfills your dreams. So grab a pen and paper because every week you're going to need it. See you on the inside. Welcome, my friends, to this week's episode of the Food Safety University podcast. And today I am absolutely super excited to have Karen Talley from Hatch Butchery on. Karen and I met each other at Girls Meet Camp Lobies many years ago. (laughs) And I was super excited to bring her on as a client. Um, And today we're going to be talking about kind of what it's like to work with me and what it's like to be a client and what it's like to do boots on the ground food safety. So Karen, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell us all about what you do. Hi. Okay. Uh, I'm Karen. I work at a company called Hatch in Richmond, Virginia. Um, We're a small food business incubator. Um, Our company started out with just a commissary kitchen where folks could rent time um, and space to use commercial kitchen equipment to to start, get their small businesses off the ground. Um, And our company has since expanded to include a packaging and bottling line. We just opened our USDA meat processing plant. We're working on getting a commercial bakery up and running in the next year or so. Um, So our company is doing lots of great things in the Richmond food community, and I'm really happy to be part of it. So my role in particular is as food safety and QA manager for the butchery. So I'm in charge of food safety for our USDA butchery. So that's amazing. And that's what actually brought you to my doorstep, right? When you started in Safety University. So I always like to start things with celebrations. You know, we start office hours sometimes with celebrations and things like that. So is there anything you want to celebrate about us working together? That's just kind of super fun. Um, You're my hero. (laughs) You're my (laughs) literal food safety hero. My husband thinks I'm a big nerd and for like the first month after I started FSU, I would come home, Dr. P said this, and Dr. P said this, and Dr. P said we need to do this, and I can't wait to do this. And my husband just rolls his eyes and laughs at me. Um, but I just admire you so much. So thanks. For oh my God, me. you're the best. <laughs> you're the best. Okay, so what has been like kind of fun and unexpected about working together? Um, I would say, let's see. I think the most fun thing has been just seeing everything come together, Um, knowing that 
you trained me well enough for me to feel confident in my work um, and that I still have you as an expert I can rely on when I don't know what I'm doing or when things get a little hairy. Um, but I think watching our program come together from this like disarrayed infancy to a fully fleshed out scalable growth model has been really awesome. Um, I think I think the most unexpected thing is that my leadership has actually been on board with it. Um, so, and they've been really supportive so far. So it's been, it's been, we're off to a really good start. I love that. And I want to point out that, you know, one of the reasons that it's working so well is you like actually do the work. You show up to the office hours, you've purchased a couple of extra hours of work with me that I think has really kind of, um, kind of helped. But I think that's one of the things is that, you actually show up and do the work, which is, you know, it's very easy to purchase a program and then like kind of not do anything. So definitely people who do that, but that's okay. People, you know, kind of ebb and flow. So what are some of the challenges that you have faced as you go through the work of putting together a food safety program as your business is like, as, as the business is like actually growing itself? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've gone through a lot of growing pains. It's been a really steep learning curve around here. Um, right now there are only two of us, two, well, two and a part-timer who actually work in the butchery. Um, since we're part of a larger company, a larger, um, startup company, we have, you know, a, a additional team. We have bosses that we report to, but there's only two of us actually working in the butchery. And we both came from a retail butchery background, not a food manufacturing background. So adopting the mindset of we are manufacturing, we are not, we're not here to cut meat. We're not here to cook tasty food. We are food manufacturing has been totally, it's, it's been a, a, a learning curve for sure. Um, we didn't really have a built-in understanding of how to do this work. So we've had to engage our whole network of, of people to find vendors and learn about what equipment we would need. And we've learned a lot about what kind of possibilities we have to look forward for like automation in the future. Um, and working with our inspector has been a unique challenge. We're in a Talmadge Aiken state so our inspector is actually a state employee rather, a, rather than a federal employee. Um, and he is brand new as an inspector in general. He's also brand new to working in a raw meat facility. So he knows very little about how meat operations work in general. Um, so that's been just growing into our new role here has been one of the biggest things. And I would say that understanding programs-based food safety has been one of my biggest, that has been one of my biggest struggles that I really feel like I'm settling into now. Um, working under SOPs and then writing my own SOPs and HACCP plans and plant management, all of that has been new and different um, than I ever saw coming from a retail or culinary world. Um, there's a specific set of instructions for each task when you're working under HACCP and SOPs and everyone is constantly logging their progress and we're trying to make sure that everything gets done as it should every single time. Whereas in the culinary or retail world, 
you know, things get lost, things get missed. Everybody does their own thing. As long as things are generally acceptable at the end of the night, people are, people are fine. But here I'm so happy to see the, the vast level of difference in cleanliness for one thing. Right. That is one of the bigger, that is one of the bigger differences because you did come up through the retail butcher counter. And I think a lot of people do. I mean, I tend to work with, with like one of two kinds of people, either it's a, um, it's like a, an older, you know, like a, like a boomer who was an accountant for their whole life and decided they really liked local meat or local food or whatever. And is like, well, I'm a fairly talented individual. I'm going to go build a plant and do something, right? And so they're coming to those from a completely different industry. And so I, in my head, they come in kind of from the side, but then there are folks like you that come up from the, the retail food industry or the retail meat industry. And, and that transformation that you talked about going from, you know, like cooking or retail cut to order, cook to order, do it right now. It's the person's like taking it home. Risk level is very, very low by and large to actual food manufacturing is a pretty big challenge. (laughs) It's a chasm of difference. Yeah, it really, it really is. So then what advice would you have or what suggestions do you have for running a food safety plan well, given given the background that you have, because it is so many people who listen to this podcast have the exact background that you have. Like, hey, I want to go, I want to go do, you know, USDA inspection because I can impact so many more people. So what are your, what are your suggestions or? I would say if you can become independently wealthy, you're off to a great start. Uh, (laughs) Otherwise I'd say doing the work takes time. Um, It is an absolute full-time job for several months just to get a food safety program off the ground. Um, and so to do it well, it's, you have to devote the time and attention to it that it deserves. You have to prioritize it and make sure that you care about it for starters. Um, if you don't care about it, then you're never going to do it well. And when I was in the retail world, I don't think anyone cared about food safety. I definitely saw moments where we would drop a sausage on the ground, put it back in pan, sell it a few minutes later. Um, Just lots of things that I would never, ever accept now that I know better, um, now that I care more. It's like a when you know better, do better kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would also say that before you try and implement any of the food safety programs, do your best to have them written out to understand the food safety program. Um, Flesh it out as much as you can before you try to implement it. We've been going back and forth and back and forth with our inspector, trying to make little changes here and there since we're trying to do, we started trying to do a limited amount of production while we're still trying to get the food safety program off the ground. So every time Uh, Our inspector has a question about one of our SOPs, we have to go back and change the whole thing or write a whole new paragraph into our SOP. And it, it's a big, it's a big struggle because it's at least a couple of hours of work 
every day, just making those changes. So if we had been able to get things fully fleshed out before we tried to jump into production, it would have been a huge advantage. Oh, right. Because you guys, you guys joined when you were going into production. Yeah. Okay. That makes, that makes sense. And then I will point out, you know, we have talked about Talma Jakin and USDA and things like that. And I just want to clarify for people who are listening is that Virginia is one of nine Talma Jakin states, which means that there are state inspectors who are deputized as USDA inspectors and all the meat goes out of hatch under what we call a USDA bug as if it was inspected by a USDA inspector. But the program has a lot of problems and you've elucidated some of them, which is undertrained inspectors that have no clue about what you are doing, um, which happens a lot and is actually going to be happening more because nobody can hire anybody. Um, people hiring into state ins- in, into state inspection programs or into USDA FSIS inspection is really it's really quite challenging right now. So these are these are things that are going to um, get some more challenging because you guys are gonna you're gonna get a new inspectors are gonna start cycling through and unfortunately they're just gonna ask a different set of equally irritating questions um (laughs) yeah one thing we've noticed is our so our inspector is brand new to being an inspector in addition to not knowing anything about meat um so but he pours over our sops and wants to make sure he understands every single word which is bothersome to put it nicely, but it really is making us so much better in the long run because every time he asks a question and I have to go back and add a paragraph to our SOP, that means things are more clear. Things are easier to understand. Things are more documentable. Um, And so I have and complete faith that if we decide to go for SQF certification one day, we'll be totally ready and it'll be all thanks to our inspector. Right. That's pretty good. Maybe not all thanks to him. (laughs) I think, Karen, you might have a lot to do with that. (laughs) And so do you. Well, thank you for that. So what are assumptions that you think people get wrong about food safety planning? How long it takes. I would say that's the biggest one is how long it takes. Um, our leadership has been fully on board with us doing what we know to be best for our business. You know, when I started five months ago, they didn't have a clue what my job should be. They knew that the butchery was going to need someone who handled food safety, who handled quote unquote paperwork. Uh, and I knew that that's what I was interested in. So they were like, great figure out what you need to do and go do it, Um, which has been incredible. And they've been really supportive, but they don't necessarily have a clue how long that should take or what milestones to expect from us. Um, Partly we're, there are only two of us. So one of us, my business partner is primarily focused on production and I'm primarily focused on admin right now. Um, and our goal is for when we get hired up for him to be able to step more into a a sales role or a much more admin role as the butchery manager, um, and for us to have a production staff. But for right now, I'm sort of implementing a lot of our food safety things, um, just as a, as a one-man band, 
you know, I, I tend to hand him a log and say, here, fill this out while you're cutting up pork. Um, but get, getting things off the ground with an in-depth food safety program takes a, a lot of work, a, right. lot of, a lot of time and, and energy investment. Right. And that's even with all of the templates that I handed you. Mm. Yes, precisely. You had, because of FSU, we had a ton of SOPs pre-written. We had logs already created. And so for so many of those, all I had to do was insert business name here and update, you know, maybe this is what our facility calls this process. And the SOP was done. It was written. Um, So I had a huge leg up and it still has taken this long. We haven't even started our 90 day validation processes yet. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't realize that. All right. Well, I guess we'll be talking about that on office hours next. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we will be doing that. Okay. That's super, that's actually super interesting for me to know. So what advice would you have for, um, to food businesses as they are, as they are looking at this. So we had, we talked about, you know, plan for more time than you think. Any other pieces of advice? Um, I think that's the biggest one. Um, I think I have had the privilege of, of a supportive leadership. Um, I've had the privilege of being able to devote my time fully to this process Um, because my leadership has said, great, you want to be in charge of this run with it. Um, and so I have a very organized file cabinet at this point. Um, I have a very organized, um, digital filing system. Um, and that is, that takes a lot of time and energy to put together. Um, but it's, I think so important because if, if no one is organizing things, no one else can find anything. And that's a big part of what we do here is making sure that everyone can access all the things. Right. And that makes a lot of sense. So that sounds like two pieces of advice. Like stay organized. Stay right, right. And take the time to stay organized. So it's like, yeah. you know, those two of those things. And that stuff will come in handy, uh, you know, down the down the road. I mean, there's no business I've ever been into that's been like, nope, we're too organized. I might even go a little overboard. I tend to try and make all of my spreadsheets look equal and have equal font sizes and the correct background colors. I'm definitely hyper organized about it, um, which can be considered a little unnecessary. But in terms of making it easy for USDA to understand, they love it. Right. They so appreciate that they know exactly what to look for in all of my plans. Um, when we have guest inspectors come in, like when our regular inspector is out on a vacation or something, um, we have a substitute inspector and he will just say, hey, show me your HACCP binder. Hey, show me your SOP binder. And he knows exactly which page to flip through. He knows exactly what he's looking for. Um, I have citations and references at every step along my plan and they love it. They know exactly where to go for what information. It makes, it makes their job easier, which I hope is making my job easier. 
Yeah, and it will, and it, and I mean, right now you and your inspector are just kind of breaking, breaking each other in and things like that. And then you'll do your 90 day validation. And then after that's done in six to nine months, you'll have your FSA. And by then you'll probably have a new inspector. Because <laughs> yeah. that's how that works. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so what's the favorite, what's like your favorite thing that you've learned uh, during our work together? Mm. Uh, probably that difference in hygiene between <laughs> that I see now and working in a nice clean facility. Granted, our facility is beautiful and shiny and brand new. Um, a lot of money has been poured into making this facility what it is, but we are the ones responsible for keeping and maintaining that cleanliness. So realizing, oh yeah, I do wash my hands for 20 seconds now. I do actually wash my hands for a full 20 seconds now. And when I have kids, I'm gonna teach them to wash their hands for a full 20 seconds now because that's how long soap takes to work. <laughs> and, like realizing that the culinary and retail worlds are so different from the food manufacturing world has been really fun stainless steel is is really shiny <laughs> oh my god i love that so much i love that so much okay so what do you then wish everybody knew about working with me mm. uh that food safety nerds are hilarious awesome people <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm quoting you on that <laughs> uh, i would also say i think a lot of if at first, I really didn't know what to expect from Food Safety University, um, but it is so much more than just food safety. Like it is so incredibly much more. Um, the plant manager stuff is some of the most valuable content I've I've learned that I've listened to, um, and I think also that the fact that just about all of your paid content is actually also available for free on the podcast. And it helps to reinforce all the things that I've paid to learn by doubling down and listening to them on my weekends, which just means that I'm a nerd. But that's probably one of the biggest advantages I feel like I've had is getting to double that content. Oh, that's super awesome. Because, you know, when I do this podcast, I talk to the people in Food Safety University. Like I talk to, like I assume everybody who's listening is a paid client. And I teach as and talk as if I'm like talking to, to um, people who are in Food Safety University, because I think that, you know, I mean, like the difference is, is with, with in the actual paid product, you get all the templates, you get access to office hours, you get, you know, like the plan manager course um, and other courses as we roll them as we roll them out. And um, and but I still bring a lot of that content to for free to the podcast because I am just in it. Like, you know, local food is in this, like in this time frame and it's in its development where there's so much opportunity to be successful if we do it well. You know, and if if I can save one business by like saying, please leave your soap on your equipment for seven to 12 minutes. Like that costs me nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Wash your hands for 20 seconds, but leave your soap on your equipment for seven to 12 minutes. <laughs> yes. You know, Dude. so 
that's that's like really super good okay so that's um that's what we got for the podcast thank you so much for being on here tell us how we can find out more about your um your place of place of work and what you guys are doing um um, so our website is hatchrichmond.com. That's hatch like you would hatch out of an egg. Richmond as in Richmond, Virginia. Um, and if you've got any questions, definitely reach out. We do our best to work with local producers, local farms, um, but we also work with some local clientele who are not producers. They just want to, us to co-pack their products. Um, so we have kind of two different avenues that we do business in, and both of those have been really fun um, and really different experiments. But our our goal is to build resilience in our local meat economy. That's what we do. That's what we're about. Um, and we try to do that by maintaining some work-life balance for ourselves, <laughs> for our employees, which is really nice. This is my first nine to five job ever. I love it. I love it. And I love it that you can do it nine to five, even though you work yeah. on the, listen to the podcast on the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> Today, food safety nerds are funny and awesome. That's true. We are. <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, thank you so much, Karen, for being on the podcast, taking time out of your busy day to spend with me. That has been super helpful. And I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, this has been super fun. And we'll see you next week. Bye, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to the Food Safety University podcast. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, I want you to go to dirigofoodsafety.com and go check out all the things that we have. If you haven't gotten your HACCP download, go get that or book a call with me and let's talk about getting you into Food Safety University. I'll see you on the inside.